It's Song Talk Radio. Welcome to Song Talk Radio, the show with songwriters talking to other songwriters about the craft of songwriting. We share tips, tools, and techniques, and together we all become better at writing songs. I'm your host, Neil Modi, and with me, my co-host, Phil Emery. How you doing, Phil? I'm doing well, and I am full of the seasonal cheer. Depending on what season you have to be celebrating, I'm part of that cheer. Well, I'm full I'm of the cheer. sitting myself on a seasonal chair. <laughs> seasonal chair, huh? <laughs> See, that's just some of the quality humor you get here on Song Talk right. Radio. <laughs> yeah, and then this is the first show we're doing together. We've been, we've been flying solo the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> just because of other things going on in the world and stuff. So good to see you, Phil. Yeah, and, bar- uh, forever, barely recognize forever. you. Yeah, yeah. Things are different. Um, and everyone else, please send in your comments and questions to at Song Talk Radio on Facebook or Instagram or feedback at songtalk.ca for the email and we'll share your thoughts on the show. And please visit songtalk.ca to see the show post for this episode and to find links to resources we mentioned and to download lyric and chord sheets to follow along with the songs that we feature. Tonight, our guest is Portland, Oregon-based pop rock Americana band Glitter Fox. Last week, Kill Rock stars, indie pop rock Americana recording artist Glitter Fox have released their brilliant new single, It's Always Over, produced by Portland's own Chris Funk of the Decemberists. Love the Decemberists. Uh, mm. Glitter Fox, uh, led by queer married couple uh, Solange Igoa and Andrea Walker, renamed one of Portland's best new bands by the Willamette Week in 2022 and came away from the Oregon Country Fair as one of the festival's most buzzed about new groups. The band is emerging as a band to watch in 2024 as audiences flock to their captivating live shows. The sky's the limit for Glitter Fox. Welcome to Song Talk Radio, Solange and Andrea. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having us. Great to have you on the show. Um, all the way from the West Coast. We're going from West to East. Uh, I'm, I'm based in Toronto. Phil's out there on the East Coast in, in Newfoundland. Yeah. <laughs> St. John's. And you guys are all the way on the West. Oh, wow. The miracle. Our neighborhood is St. John's. Yeah. That's oh, true. wow. Who's St. John's over St. John's Portland. So it's Portland. kind of a small world. Yes, in fact, because I almost booked something in St. John's Portland once. And then <laughs> I went, oh. That's, that's seems weird. from local. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Okie dokie. Uh, and uh, we're going to get started tonight by listening to Glitter Fox's new song, It's Always Over. And remember, uh, the lyric sheet is available on the website uh, so everyone can follow along. Let's hit it, Phil. I can't sleep at night anymore. There's a fire in my head and wolves at the door. I like the feeling of the midnight sun. If I sleep all day, I don't hurt anyone It's always over Before it begins If I had it all, I would do it again If I had it all, I would do it again And she knows your name Even if she didn't, I'd love you 
done from like a live sort of jam or was this was it sort of planned with that kind of uh, crescendo uh do you mean as far as this the recording the arrangements yeah the arrangements um that's actually a live recording so when we were in the studio um we tracked it live uh so you know the guitar the drums um you know, bass, that's all live. And then we went back and did some overdubs. And I, mm-hmm. I think we did the vocal. We did a recut vocal. the vocals we afterwards. Lead vocal. And we added in like the the Nashville guitar that you hear kind of at the end. And, and I added the, I wrote the synth part and added that that day. Um, so, you know, some of it was created in the studio. Um, but as far like, as far as the the drama of the arrangement, that was kind of something Solange and I came up with together to have it start low because Solange has this ability to sing. Solange has a massive range vocally. Mm-hmm. And so Solange, I don't know who had the idea, but for you to start the song probably low yeah. and then for the verse three to jump up a whole yeah. octave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Andrea likes to write really hard things for me to sing. So <laughs> That's how you get better, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and and that was a really interesting choice is to is to kick it up an octave on the verse. Usually, yeah, usually usually it's the chorus thing where you you kick it up an octave or on a repeater or something like that. But but okay, so what about the songwriting uh, uh, responsibilities? How does that how does that split between the two of you? Um. Uh- between the two of us, I, I write a lot. I was writing a new song earlier today. I, I finished like five songs in the last two weeks. Um, I, I write a lot. <laughs> wow. uh, we have a joke between us that Solange writes one banger a year. Um, it, it's just true. Solange will literally write like one song a year. And it's always amazing. Like one of our most listened to songs is Married to the Ground, which is a song that Solange wrote. Uh, a single, our next single that comes out is La Da Solange wrote that. So Solange will, will literally like write one song a year and it's just always so epic. Um, and me, I I write a lot. I mean, I, I try to be writing all the time. So I would say for Glitter Fox, I would say I probably write about like 80, 90% of the songs. Yeah, wow. 90. I, yeah, but Solange delivers that, that one yeah. single here. That's just a so, diamond. So, so when, you, when you guys write songs, you write them individually, you bring them to each other. Is there any rejigging of anything at, at that point? Or is it, or is you just 
trust that the other person's written the song and that's and that's the way it goes and and that's it. We I mean we definitely do a lot more um collaborating than we used to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, I will not sing those words. It just like I don't know, like and we'll just tweak them a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Um, and I think with my vocal range, like I end up seeing things a little bit different, you know, or yeah, the cadence of the words will kind of change over like, you know, performing them live, you know, they'll kind of come into their own, but yeah, for the most part, Andrea's writing all the songs and then we, we collaborate a little bit. And then also our bass player, Eric, he will kind of like, if we're ever stuck on yeah, a song, stuck. We, we'll go hang out with him and then he just has like this tiniest idea that's just like opens it up and helps mm. like, he's a good closer. He's good at helping <laughs> it close a song, you know? I think there's a lot of people who think, you know, people who are songwriters who think, oh, it'd be great to, you know, have a partner who's another songwriter. I can see that also being really dangerous because, you know, just because you're, you know, you're a great partner in life doesn't mean you're a great partner in songwriting. Is that something you had to kind of work out? I mean, I've always wanted to ask this. You're the only you're the only couple I know who actually does this. So I'm just asking you: Was this something you had to kind of work out, or was it just natural, or how does that work? No, no, no. We had to work. We had to work it out for sure. We used to. It used to be like where Andrea would want me to do a song exactly the way that it was written, and and you know I'd have to uh, convince him that I wasn't a robot. <laughs> but then also <laughs> like. Um, I think too, Andrea, Andrea does write so much more than me. It's like Andrea has pretty much one hobby, which is just like music, songwriting. That's it. That's you know, little, and I, the only thing I, I have a lot of different hobbies. Like I make a lot of my costumes for the stage and I like to edit videos and it's photography and all kinds of, you know, graphic design, all different kinds of stuff. Um, so my creative efforts get spread a little bit more thin. So not only is Andrea writing a lot more than me, but also like, because Andrea has more practice at it and because Andrea is nine years older than me, there's also that kind of like thing where like, uh, for a while I was really shy about sharing my songs with Andrea because I just felt like, oh, Andrea's so good at it that it was, it was hard for me. And so it's taken a lot for me to like start to come back into my own, uh, as far as songwriting Mm. and feeling comfortable sharing. Yeah. It's always, it's always interesting to me, especially when you're, if you're writing and you're not the person singing those lyrics or you're writing Mm. some lyrics Mm. and, and, and you Solange as the, as the lead singer, you know, like how, how, how much tension is there there? Because like, like you say, sometimes you're not going to sing it with, with exactly that same cadence or, yeah. you know, but, you know like, like, but the other question for me is that like the, the lyrics that Andrea writes, do they have, to, you have to understand fully what the intention is behind them, what they mean, if they're, if they're, you know, masked in metaphor, what, what does the metaphor signify? Does it have to sort of resonate with you emotionally in order for you to sing it well? Or can you, can you sing whatever? comes your way well I think that like a lot of you know especially if a song's more ambiguous like the listener will often put their own meaning to it and they'll think it means a totally different thing Mm. than what you're actually saying so I think that there is a little bit of that where I can take my own meaning from it um and I am a very emotional person as well 
But, you know, a lot of the topics that Andrea is writing about, I'm really close to because we do everything together. We're like, we're in a band together. We live together. We're married. You know, we go on vacation together. Like we're, we're together so much that a lot of what Andrea is experiencing, I'm experiencing it as well, or I'm experiencing it secondhand, like through like feeling, you know, feeling empathy for my partner's emotions, you know? Yeah. I can't imagine anyone in the world singing a song that I wrote aside from Solange. Like when, so when you sing it, it feels like it's my own voice, you know, sing mm -hmm. the song because we are so close. And so it just feels natural for me to write a song and you to sing it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is very interesting. I feel a little bit like uh, it sounds kind of cheesy, but with that old um, Greek mythology, how like people used to have four arms and four legs and two heads, and then they got like mm. split up, you know, and sometimes I feel like that with you, where it's like, I'm your boy, <laughs> you're my guitar player, like, together, we're one really, really cool person. <laughs> like, I'm like, the idea person. And I have like, a lot of crazy ideas, but Andrea's the the one that actually execute the ideas. Yeah. That's a good partnership. You need both of them, actually. Yeah. You know, yeah. either one, you can have lots of great ideas, but if you don't execute, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah that's really amazing, especially when you, you have you have complementary skill sets, but emotional cores are compatible. And, you know, that, 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 that's actually kind of a cool, very, very neat partnership. Um, yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually curious about it. it it's always over in, 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 in that in that sense, because... As, as much as I love this song and, and I love the build of it and I love the way the chorus really pops out, um, I, I, I do find a little bit like I'm I'm not really sure what it's about. Like uh, like like there's some there's some amazing imagery in there, especially in the first chorus, the fire in my head, wolves at wolves at my door. That really grabs you right off the top. It's like okay, this is this is going to be heavy. <laughs> it's going to be intense. Yeah. There's something there's something going on here, right? And, and, you know, then the whole, the whole idea of sleeping all day, I don't, I don't hurt anyone. But then when you get to the chorus, there's a great melodic lift. It's always over before it begins. If I had it all, I would do it again. If I had it all, I would do it again. The word it occurs one, two, three, four, five, six, like seven times <laughs> in the <laughs> chorus. And I'm like, what's it? Is the second it the same as the first it? Is the third it the same as the first and the first two it's? What's, what's it referring to? I'm going to figure out what it was referring to. And I don't, and I don't, I don't quite get it. Yeah, the, the chorus is is very, is vague. And yeah, I guess just to start from the beginning, I wrote that song during a week. Um, I wrote it actually almost a year ago. Uh, there was this very shady, very sketchy car business that was happening mm. right outside of our window. We're on the second story, but like literally right in front, there was like stolen cars and then getting people, abandoned. People abandoned cars and then like people coming in the middle of the night and stealing parts off the cars and then oh. getting the catalytic and like two two mornings we woke up to like the sound of saws and it was just like and our cars parked right there in the middle of these two cars and it's just like oh, we didn't know what was going on. And so and then there's people come in and we're like, what's going on? And people shining flashlights in our windows because yeah, we're watching we them. Snooping. I mean, it was like, we were like, what is going on? So it was like this week that like, I wasn't sleeping. I went like two or three nights without like, <clears throat> excuse me, without like really sleeping because of all the disturbances that were going on and just like, you know, I had to call the cops and stuff like that. Um, 
And so I was definitely like in this like very like frat fried. I was very frazzled. I was very fried. I wasn't sleeping. And I wrote that song like in the middle of the night. I wrote it at like two or four in the morning. And like, mm. it was one of those songs that just like the whole song just kind of comes out completely, mm. which doesn't always happen for me, but sometimes it does. And that whole song just came out pretty much mm. complete in the middle of the night. Oh. And so when I said there's a, there's a fire in my head and there's wolves at the door, like wolves at the door, this idea that there's mm. this, there's this shady stuff that's like just going on right outside my door. I feel very threatened, like, you know, is fire in my head like i i have autism i have a lot of anxiety i have like a lot of cognitive things that i have to deal with and also like my mind like i'll tend to obsess on something like if something gets on my mind like i'll obsess on it so hard to the point where like i'm not sleeping and it was just kind of this like i was feeling this battle of like you know i've got these these battles that are happening in my own mind every day but then also there's like these threats right outside my door mm. And so it's like a very odd song. I, I think mm. one of my strengths, uh, I am autistic. And I think one of my strengths is that I tend to take very different things and then put them together, almost like an ice cream flavor where they're like, this is pear and bacon. And you're like, what? And then it tastes really good. That's exactly what happened with this song. I took this topic of car theft and, and catalytic converter theft and the stuff that was happening, but then turned it into a love song for Solange because it's like you go to verse two and it's like, you know, someone's stealing a car right outside the door. But if I had to walk, you know, that's what I'll do. Like if someone steals my car, like I'm going to keep walking, like I'm going to keep moving down this path together, like with you. And then the chorus, what's the it, the it, right. So the it, the it is actually, okay. So then the chorus, it's like, it's always over before it begins. So I was reflecting on th this Red Bull is giving Sorry. me a panic attack. Sorry. So long as like a Red Bull precariously like on the bed and I'm like, if that spills, I'm going to be the one that's cleaning it. So I'm just like, stop doing that. It's just like on the comforter. So what's the it? Okay. So the it is if I had it all, it basically if I had, okay, so here's the thing. Here's the love of my life. And so the thing is that it's always over before it begins. The choice to love each other, we're accepting the reality that one day we will be separated from each other. Any millions of things could happen. One of us could be killed in an accident. One of us could get Alzheimer's and forget the other one. You know what I'm saying? It's like any million of incredibly difficult experiences lays down the road for us, you know, and that's the reality of love. That's the reality of, of loving a person or, you know, loving a person with your entire being is that you accept that one day you'll be separated and you'll be irrevocably devastated. So it's like, it's always over before it begins. Um, when we choose to love a person, it, it's like a contract. We're saying one day I'm not going to have you, but I accept hmm. that. And I still choose to love you every day. If I had it all, I would do it again. It's like, I wouldn't change I wouldn't change anything, even though I know that this reality exists down the road. You know, the reality of the devastation of one day being separated, even though I know that's going to happen someday, I wouldn't change a thing. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and it is an interesting choice. Like you say, you're intersecting two things together. You know, and, and 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 having you explain it like that, the way I'm reading the song now is like, despite all the, the all the chaos that surrounds us, we're we're still 
together and 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 we love each other and that this kind of thing. And you do hint, and you, you don't even hint that you you say you spill it out plain at the at the end. Um, I want it all just to do it again. I want I, I want it all as opposed to if I had it all, um, and just to love you again. Right, so there, there is there is a sense that this this might be a love song, but 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 it is an interesting choice to to sort of make it open. I mean, you know, aside from the line, someone stealing a car outside the door, because of all the other imagery. I mean, is that a metaphor too? I don't know. <laughs> you know, no, that was really, <laughs> you know, like like well, yeah, yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, what you know, then, then begin as a listener, you begin to question, you know, what parts can I take literally, and what parts are, are images, and what part I don't know. <laughs> it's, 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 but I know, think too that, like, with Andrea and I, there is this like, I mean, we joke around that like you have to have the word fire, <laughs> and it has to be talking about like <laughs> driving at some point for it to be yeah. a fire. Because <laughs> yeah, I am autistic, and so it's like the things I like, I'm like really into. And it's like, how many songs have the word fire? Every one of them. Every <laughs> one the of them. I just get on certain things that I just love. And then that's like the thing. And in my bandmates, they all, they all tease me about it. They'll be mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is the thing. It's like the only thing. But, um, no, but what I was saying is yeah. that like the whole like driving theme, like the driving yeah. theme is in a lot of our songs because we, you know, we love being on the road. We love traveling and getting to play music, you know, but also we used to live in a car for two years. We lived in our, our conversion van. So like driving is kind of like, also feels like to me, like driving in the highway feels like a metaphor for like our relationship in general. So I, I could see how like your brain would tie those two things together. Mm-hmm. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, I love writing. I just love the, to me, the highway is like this very romantic thing. Like the idea of like, just you know, yeah, using metaphors from driving, like car metaphors, mm. anything from like driving and like midnight and like neon and like pulling up in a city and it's all dark, but you see all the lights, like that kind of imagery really gives me a feeling, you know, that I can put into the songs. I wonder if that is a specifically American tendency, thinking about the Springsteen and, you know, they're always talking about cars and thinking about Canadian songwriters. I'm sure we talk about the road, but Canada is such a different kind of country. I mean, there's a whole bunch of nothing between all our cities. Mm. And the cities are very far apart. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's two kilometers square for every person in Canada, maybe even more at this point. America does seem to have a lot of driving imagery in its songs. It'd be an interesting thing to look into. Now, do you approach songwriting in the same ways? Are you both like you know, lyrics, uh, lyrics first or melody first uh, writers? Or People always ask that, and I never know how to answer it. Like, basically... Well, in the way that I write songs is changing a little bit right now. Um, Because you've been playing on GarageBand. Yeah. But typically, I would just kind of like get my guitar and just kind of, you know, just kind of strum a little bit. And I would just look for a little, basically what I'm looking for is like a little germ of an idea that can expand or something I can kind of follow and be like, huh, like where... There's not little, like, it might be like a melody and then the melody will be like, oh, and find a couple words that kind of fit it. Um, But yeah, basically just, I'll just 
sit on my guitar and just kind of strum and look for like a groove that feels kind of cool. Um, and so typically that's how I write. So it wouldn't necessarily be like a melt, like music or first. Yeah, I mean, that, that is a music first because people who do lyrics first, they actually write out all the lyrics and actually use mm. the lyrics to find the melody very often, which I've that's never been able to do. I feel like you've only done that once. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah, oh, I, that. <laughs> I did that like 10 years ago. Like, yeah, yeah, I've only done that one time with just like a a poem, you know, that I yeah. wrote. Uh, but that was a long time. That was 10 or 12 years ago. Yeah. So for, for me, I also just kind of will sit there and strum. And then sometimes I'll sing random words, just like mm. whatever comes to my head. And then I'll be like, oh, it actually kind of sounds like I said this. And then I'll kind of take off on that idea. Uh, that's mm. what happened with Married to the Ground, too. Mm. I When I first was singing it, I was saying I'm buried to the ground. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, well, I guess I could be married to the ground. Mm-hmm. So, which still yeah. doesn't make that much sense, but it makes sense mm-hmm. to me. Well, it's a lot nicer than, than buried in the ground, which is yeah. a very yeah. different kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's really interesting. I mean, I, I, I used to be music first all the time. I was a musician way before I was a songwriter with lyrics now. Now, mm-hmm. now. Nowadays, I tend to write lyrics first because, like Phil says, I can attach a melody to it and then I can attach any music to that is easy. So I do the hard part first, <laughs> which is the lyrics. Uh, yeah, I think the lyrics is hard too. Yeah, for me, that's definitely the part that comes slower. Like, I feel like... I've, I've been writing a lot of like guitar riffs lately and I feel like mm. I can write guitar or music. I feel like I can just do that all day, like all the time. <laughs> but the yep. lyrics, that's when I got to like roll up my sleeves and like sweat and like obsess over. Sometimes I'll obsess over a word for like three days, just trying mm. to find a better one. Well, that, that's what I find about about it's always over. The the riff in the verse is is very intriguing from a rhythmic standpoint. It's like bum 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 bum. It's like a it's like a one two three four one two kind of feel, but it's, it's all in, but but it's all sort of in four four if you count it out. But then the emphasis mm-hmm. sometimes makes sometimes the three feels like a one. If you know what I mean, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a drummer at heart, so I'm always sitting there counting mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> and, um, it, it, but it, it's I don't know, I, and, and but but the nice thing is the, the 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 way the melody phrases it falls into that as well. It's all it's all very structured, so you don't really notice that that the emphasis is shifting. But I just find that fascinating and kind of really cool and intriguing. <laughs> yeah, my brain always does that, like. Um, pretty much I would say most of what I write really ends up being in four, four, but with like eighth note subdivisions that actually group it like outside of four, four. So it'll, it'll be like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, like that kind of yeah. stuff. It'll, uh, my brain will tend to group the eighth notes in triplets in some kind of way. Um, and a lot of anticipations I love, um, I love when, you know, the next, you know, I love, I love pushes, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Just little subtle rhythmic things that to me make a track feel a bit more interesting and more alive. What are you doing to sort of um, expand your own songwriting palette? Are you, do you sort of, um, do you uh, co-write with anyone or is it? Co-write personally, because what I write is so personal. Every song I write is like a page 
out of a di- like I journal every single day. I, I journal mm, for a great. good amount of time every single morning. I journal, um, and so my songs are always so personal about something that I'm experiencing right then or in the case of drive which is a single we put out this year it was actually me reflecting on an experience I had when I was young but they're they're just so personal so like for me the idea of co-writing is so bizarre Mm -hmm. because I'm like no this is my experience like how are you how are you going to give me words for how I feel and it's like for me songwriting is actually a way that I process emotions and it process the experiences in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I once had it suggested to me because I, I did write a song a, a couple of years ago that was like really personal and emotionally heavy and, and all sorts of stuff. And, um, and I was struggling with the lyric and someone suggested to me, well, why don't you, why don't you do a co-write with it? Even though it's very personal to me, you get someone else's view on on that situation and maybe they bring a different a slightly different perspective to it they can empathize of course right but then i don't know i, I, I actually didn't try it at the time <laughs> but um but it's, it's it's always sort of stuck in my mind as if you know especially especially if you're stuck if, you, if you're feeling stuck then i don't know it's not not a bad idea to reach out to a friend and and say hey take a look at yeah. this with me and give me some ideas you know Oh yeah, it ever I think every songwriter agrees that feeling stuck is the worst feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's like whatever you got to do to get through it. And and there was times um our bass player Eric is is a great songwriter and and a great friend and um great bandmate. And it's like, there was times like on a song built to break where I was like, Oh, I'm not like, there's been times like built to break or highway forever. There's been certain songs where I've come to Solange or I've come to Solange and Eric or I've come to Eric and I've been like, I've got like 90% of this song written, but I need, I need a bridge. I need like some chords for a bridge. And so there's definitely been times that I've, uh, you know, they're they're great you know and i've always always helped me when i've been like i'm stuck can you help me get this across the finish line and so that's that's been amazing to have them to work with too mm-hmm. yeah yeah excellent it's a great way to it's a great way to do it it's, it's the nice thing about working in a band i'm in a band too and sometimes it's just like here's a chorus here <laughs> <laughs> you guys write the rest of it <laughs> yeah in general though for me it's like songwriting is so it's so personal and and i use it as a tool to process what I'm experiencing in life. And so in general, I tend to just like really just really dive in and Mm -hmm. really try to like capture the intensity of the feeling, you know, in, in the song. And in general, I, I, I write, I write solid solitary most of the time. And you do too. You, you, you know, we don't really, collaborate on songs like you'll just feel like the end yeah right right you'll just come Mm -hmm. to me and be like here's the whole song (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. but then it's fun to come then you know oh go ahead sorry yeah i was gonna say that's what i really like about the song i mean even though it's deeply personal to you that it it's 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 open enough that anyone can read their own story into it which is which is great like that i feel like with songwriting there's a uh for me part of the art i think is uh, to use images and words that are clear enough and specific enough and dramatic enough to like evoke a feeling but mm-hmm. you also want the song to be 
open. Yes, so it's yes. relatable. You know, mm. it's like, that's, that's what I like. I like a song where it's like, elements are dramatic and they evoke a very strong emotional response, but also you don't really know what it's about. So then mm-hmm. everyone can have their own feeling experience with the song. That is the way to do it. And, you know, and a lot of people don't have a lot of hit on Bono, but I mean, he's great at being able to do that, to write mm-hmm. these images that, that other people can just read themselves into, but they're still specific. They're not just total nonsense. Like, I really like Oasis, but I have no idea what their songs are about. I have no idea what a champagne shoot supernova Nova, yeah. in the sky clouds, I guess. I don't know. But, you know, like that that goes like to the point where it's so abstract. I don't think it I kind of wonder if it means anything to anyone. It's it's a very delicate balance mm-hmm, to sure. be specific because you want it to be specific because you don't want it to be nonsense but you don't want to be so specific because sometimes people write stuff that's so specific it's almost kind of embarrassing it's just too on the nose hard a hard line to walk yeah i feel like that's the space that when i when i approach a song and i approach lyrics that's that's where i'm trying to live i'm trying to live in like you know what kind of word like all the elements of the music how can i maximize like the emotional feeling of this song but still, but still leave it open enough that it's relatable. And yeah, yeah, when, when there's a song and it just kind of, I mean, but, but granted, I mean, it also just depends on what you're into. I have friends that are very into like narrative songs that just, mm. the verses, the core, they tell you exactly what the song yeah. is. I'm, I have friends that are very into that and, that. and that's wonderful. There's a lot of people who do that so expertly, but I tend to just write in the vein of like, what do I like to listen to? I like to listen to new wave. So yeah. <laughs> that's where a lot of my songwriting inspiration comes from these Absolutely. days. That's cool. This may be kind of depressing. When you say new wave, what do you mean? <laughs> well, Phil's talking about the old wave, new wave. <laughs> Well, I mean, like Depeche Mode and like oh, okay. and Durand oh, yeah, Duran right. and like that whole yeah. that whole genre, you know, the Cure, like that's oh, like yeah. oh yeah, that's the that I'll tell you again. And I said I I'm very like that's the thing. That's the, honestly the only music I I can physically listen to is New Wave. It's so it's oh. I'm not kidding. Like anything else, like it's not like I'll flip out, but like anything else, I'm just like, nah. but put on new wave and I come alive. Oh, yeah. You know, that's what, okay. I, that's the only, that's the only music I'll listen to. Well, I mean, what, what a great line, you know, what is it? I love to see your shoes and your spirit rise. Bizarre. Again, combination of two very odd images he put together, mm. but you understand what it means. It's although I don't like seeing my rock and roll heroes get old. It's kind of depressing. Hmm. How will do us all if we're fortunate? <laughs> well, I guess, yeah. like, well, that's yeah, true. They had a good hate. Depeche Mode just dropped a new album, didn't they? Or a new yeah. something? Yeah. yeah, new album. Oh, it's cool. Not bad. It's yeah. <laughs> it sounds like old Depeche Mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, heck yeah! I gotta listen yeah. to that. And then, and then the Tears for Fears album that they just released after 17 mm-hmm. years, fantastic. Yeah, never been fooled yeah. by a Tears for Fears album as as much as that one. Really, really good. Well, do they count? Do they count as new wave? Maybe. I think they are in yeah. that genre. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> sure, sure. Coming back after 17 years can be dangerous because sometimes I hope people who do it and it doesn't come, doesn't, it's not successful that they go, well, maybe we won't release this one. Yeah. Because it's, it's a tough thing to do, you know? 
You're a different yeah. person after 17 years. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I would imagine that would be intimidating. Like that's oh, something yeah. I'm always grateful about our band is like, we're, we're still kind of pretty relatively like undiscovered. And so there's no pressure. I mm. always think about it. I'm like, you know what? Like, our, I feel like our best years are still ahead of us. And I feel like mm. our success is still, is still ahead of us. And so in a sense, there's like, there's no, there's no real pressure, you know, like we mm. can just write and we can create and we can just explore and we can have fun. Like, I always feel like that would be hard for someone who maybe like makes it big, like in their twenties mm. or something, or, oh, or yeah. you, you know, if you have like your, your biggest hit when you're young and then always trying to figure out how to recapture that glory or to like, how do you top your best work if you did your most critically and widely acclaimed work when you're in your mid twenties? Like, wow, that, that would, you know, living, living in your own shadow, that, that would be tough. So I, I like where we are as, mm. as pretty, pretty undiscovered. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 a great, it's a great place to be because the whole, like what you guys say in your thing, the sky's the limit, right? <laughs> That's true. Everything's, yeah. everything's wide open. But okay. so many people after they come on Song Talk Radio wind up uh, being in discovered. So, you know, <laughs> no you guarantees, know. but you never know. <laughs> no promises, but just don't forget us when you accept uh, your Grammy. Okay. <laughs> That's true. That and you will. Song but, Talk Radio. You know. Yeah. We're breaking okay. up. <laughs> and uh, I'm hearing the bands. I think that is all the time we have on Song Talk Radio. Uh, special thanks to Glitter Fox. Uh, where can our listeners hear more of your music? Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Music, all, all the things, all streaming platforms. All Fox, just one word. And then um, find us on social media at Glitter Fox Band. Alrighty, and we'll link to that stuff on our on our show post on SongTalk.ca. And um, we want to hear from you, people. So. Send your comments on Facebook or Instagram to at songtalkradio or send us an email feedback at songtalk.ca. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube channel for live performance videos and full episodes and subscribe today to the Song Talk Radio podcast on your favorite podcast provider. You can find links to all the products, books, and web services we mentioned on Song Talk Radio on our resources page on the website. And please join us at our next monthly Song Talk meetup, whether you're in Toronto for in-person meetups or anywhere in the world for our online meetups. It's free to join on meetup.com and free to attend. Bring a song and a lyric sheet and get constructive feedback from other songwriters. Stop by songtalk.ca for the link. You can follow me at neilmodi.com. You can follow Phil at philemory.ca. And Glitter Fox, what's your what's your favorite uh, social media channel? Where do you guys go the most? Probably Instagram, uh, Instagram. at Glitter Fox Band. Cool, Glitter Fox Band and Instagram. Um, be sure to stop by the website, songtalk.ca, to browse past shows and find out how you can be a guest. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This is our final show of 2023, so happy holidays, everybody. Um, and we'll see you again in 2024. We'll see you next Yay. year. Keep but on writing. Keep on writing. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs>